The Breakdown with Bethany is a mom.com podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, and welcome back to The Breakdown with Bethany. I'm Bethany Silva, and today my guest is Maria Sansone. Maria is a veteran TV broadcaster, and she just wrote her first book, Oh Sh- What's for Dinner. It is truly a fantastic cookbook, and we're going to dive into how Maria came up with these fantastic recipes, all about her journey to television and to writing this book. So check it out. Let's dive in. You and I have talked a few times, and usually it's like the other way. You are the pro interviewer, broadcast woman extraordinaire, but I'm really excited to be talking to you. But for people who might not know who you are, you know, who might be living under a rock somewhere, give us some background (laughs) about your, you know, your, your journey to television and all of that. Oh my gosh. Never give a television personality the floor to tell a story about their life. (laughs) You'll be like, I got to pick the kids up from school now. Um, I'll try to give you the brief synopsis. I have been in the business a long time because I started in the television industry when I was 11 years old. So when I tell people I've, I've been in this business 30 years, I've seen it all. They're like, how is that possible? Did you start when you were like a kid? Yeah, I actually did. Um, so I got my start very, very young, completely by accident. Um, I was at a basketball game and I was involved in a slam dunk contest and I got interviewed by a local television reporter. Boom, boom, boom. The rest is history. They put me on local TV and, um, I was interviewing kids and things like that. Next thing you know, I got picked up by ABC sports and things kind of snowballed. I explain it as I kind of went viral before viral was a thing. So next thing you know, there was an article written about me in the Wall Street Journal. And then I came home from school one day and my parents were like, um, we need you to sit down. We got a call from David Letterman, Jay Leno, Good Morning America, Dateline NBC. I was like, what? And so this was all within like, three to six months time that I got my start on this local TV station in Erie, Pennsylvania, that I was a guest on the tonight show with Jay Leno for being the youngest sportscaster in the history of America. (laughs) Um, so I like to say I've lived like nine lives, you know, because that was, that was then. And then I went and did normal high school. I went to Syracuse university kind of didn't know what I wanted to do with my life professionally. I was just loving, like just being normal, normal kid doing the college thing. Um, and then an opportunity came up to fill in for Kelly Ripa when she was pregnant with Lola. So she had just started with Regis and she got pregnant kind of quickly and they were looking for a college student to fill in. And I sent, I made a tape. I was ridiculous. I sent in a tape They say there was 10,000 tapes that they received, which, you know, who knows? At this point, it's folklore because it was so long ago. No, probably, Um, probably 10,000. I, I, yeah. (laughs) And this was the advent of go online and vote. 
so remember because this was oh my gosh I was in college I was like I was 20 years old so this is 20 something years ago and so you had to go online and vote and long story short which I'm obviously not good at <laughs> I'm not good at sound bites <laughs> I'm used to getting sound bites um yeah I got chosen and I I I filled in for one day with Regis and it changed my life forever. And it, it made me realize that that was the path that I wanted to pursue. And cause I wasn't a kid anymore. I was, I was 20. I got there on my own merit. It wasn't because, um, I was a novelty act anymore. And that was really special for me. And I really, really loved being in front of a live studio audience. And a lot of things happened on that day. One, I worked with a legend. Um, but the other thing was I got my first laugh from a live studio audience. Did you which, just, just like, a, right? That was it. It was over. <laughs> it's people describe it as a drug. Like the, it, it's, it truly, I mean, there was nothing like it. So um constantly chasing, chasing that feeling that I had that day um, on that platform. And so after that, I, I pursued TV and I, after college, got my first job as uh, an MTV UVJ, where I traveled to campuses and got to live the college dream for a few more years and then went on to do a lot of red carpet stuff um, nationally. I was a red carpet correspondent for the the Oscars and the Grammys and all that for years. Um, then I went on to work at NBC in New York. And then I went to LA and uh, did Good Day LA, which was truly like the dream job. Uh, it's the the big morning show out in LA for people who don't know. And then had two kids and wanted to raise a family closer to family. And so we did the unthinkable in this industry. I mean, the pandemic has changed things, but at this, even, I mean, my son is six now and he's my youngest. When he was born, I was like, we got to get out of here. I have two kids now, you know, I just, we've got to be somewhere where we can raise a family and people in our industry, you had to be in New York or in LA. Like that's how it was. And I kind of was like, I don't care. I'm moving to a tiny like seaside sailing village outside of Boston and taking a gamble and hopefully we'll see what happens. I'm leading here with my heart for the first time and not with my career as a focus. And um, the universe really responded <laughs> in I, a nice way. I love that because you, I mean, I, I, you know, really discovered, you know, you in my own life for my own self, like during the pandemic, when you launched mom to mom, and it was really just this show that I think was so, so needed, but just to pivot a little bit. So I'm actually writing a book and one of the chapters is bet on yourself. So I'm really excited to hear mm. that you did that, that you led with your heart, you know, and it worked like you took a chance, you know, your value, you know, your skills, you know, what you bring to the table. And I think yeah. personally, any place would be lucky to have you. And you found a home at NBC I... Boston, but okay. So just to go back a little bit, we first met, I like desperately pitched myself to be on mom to mom because I was like, I need to talk to this woman. She's so cool. And one of the things we discussed was burnout. Um, yeah. and I know we're kind of you know, we're sort of, we're at like, you know, the tail end. I don't know what you call this time really like, but how are you doing? I love to check in with moms, working moms, especially like, how are they, how are you doing now with everything that that has happened? Today? I'm good. <laughs> it's a, it's a day to day. I, um, I tend to get very overwhelmed and that's something on mom to mom that we talk about all the time. I realize that's not unique to me. 
that's a common thread for a lot of women, a lot of moms, a lot of parents. And I think that during the pandemic, it really escalated um, because of what was happening in our world and people we loved were sick, people were dying. It was, it was tough. You know, we all of a sudden became teachers. Um, we were wearing, you know, 25 hats when we, we normally wear a whole bunch, but this was next level. So, um, to make things more interesting, I decided to start writing a book during that time <laughs> and a world, which, you know, I mentioned how long I've been in the TV industry, as much as I know about television, that's how little I knew about being an author. I knew nothing about publishing. I knew nothing about pitching a, a book or writing a proposal. But during the pandemic, I'm a very creative person. And I think that 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 helped me get through the tougher times was to find those little pieces for me to just create. Like I was ultra productive, maybe a little manic during those times um, if we were to sit down with a therapist. Uh, but that was the time that I found to uh, sit down and bang out a proposal, which I never had time to do that. I, I never like had the bandwidth for that. And so I was able to do that. Um, but to answer your question, I mean, it's, it's like, it never ends. You know, my kids, it's always a new, it's always something new. Just when I think we're turning a corner with either a, you know, a project professionally or something that's going on with the kids or something that's going on with the family, something else inevitably happens. So what I'm trying to do and what I've learned from all of the wonderful experts, including yourself that I've talked to over the years on mom to mom is to lay some groundwork and, and get some systems in place for myself so that when things do happen, we're, we're a little bit prepared. You know what I mean? Like there, there's a foundation there, including things like self-care and, you know, talking to somebody and, you know, just staying organized or whatever it is that, that makes you feel secure. Um, Cause we don't know what's around the corner, AKA the pandemic, right? No one, no one saw that coming, but we all have little versions of pandemics that go on on our lives on a daily. I mean, I think you're absolutely right. And something that I really admire about you is like your sense of humor. I think that you have a really <laughs> great way to kind of like bring in a laugh when we maybe you're feeling low or burnt out or overwhelmed. So are, do your kids have that as well? I mean, if we couldn't laugh, we would all go insane in the words of our dear Jimmy Buffett. Um, my kids are, their sense of humor is very funny. So my daughter my daughter um, is in third grade and I always called her, her name is Grace, but I always called her Serious Susan because she's just very serious. She's kind of hard to get a laugh out of. So if I get a laugh out of Grace, I know like, okay, she has a dry sense of humor. <laughs> um, she's very intellectual. And so she likes like clever humor and things, which is very dry, tougher to get a laugh out of. My son, on the other hand, um, it prefers a little bit more slapstick. <laughs> goofball and um he is he likes to make people laugh he likes to entertain he likes to be the goofball and he's the baby of the you know the family he's uh five he's in kindergarten he's young for kindergarten so he's he's five and a half oh my gosh I love to yeah hear all right so let's talk about the book because okay 
when I was reading it, I was shocked to find out that you're not a professionally trained chef because as long as I've been following you on Instagram, like you've been, you've been throwing together these incredible recipes. And so I was shocked and I went through every single recipe. I'm telling you, okay, the lazy lasagna, hundred percent making that this week or next, but like, tell us about the book. Tell us about the inspiration of just, you know, you said you mentioned you were putting it together in the pandemic. So tell us how it came to fruition. Um, well, I'm so surprised to hear that too, because I feel like I always want to be completely authentic to what I am and what I do and what I am is truly a home cook. Like I just, I love to cook at home. I love to throw stuff together. I find the kitchen to be a really relaxing place for me. And I know that that's not the case for a lot of people. And I know it's not the case for a lot of moms who are coming home and finding that five o'clock is their toughest time a day. And I want to change that. I want to empower people and let them know that like, guys, it's not that complicated. We can do this. There are cookbooks out there that make you feel like this is really complicated and they have millions of ingredients. And those books are great. I consider those like my, like, cocktail dresses my book is your your comfy pair of worn out jeans with the holes in it that you feel really good in and are really comfortable that you could wear um, five times in a row right like in one week <laughs> and not wash <laughs> yes. um this is the book that you're pulling out I I am so happy because now that the book I'm pretty much the only one that has it so far because it hasn't been released yet and I got an early copy Bethany, I cook out of this book four days a week. I love it. The days I'm cooking, I'm cooking out of this book. I am, I feel like it's a success because I have, I have it for me now. Like this is my, my go-to. Um, but the really, the, um, the way it happened was very organic when my son was born. Um, so I now had two kids and I told you I had this job I absolutely loved in LA and uh, on the morning show. It was like the show, the it show. I got the job. I beat out all these people to get it. And I had this wonderful job and now I'm pregnant with my son and I got cut from the show and it, I didn't really see it coming. It was really kind of traumatic. Um, but I kind of didn't have time to deal with it because I was pregnant with my son. I really, really had a lot of, I had a hard time getting pregnant in between, had a lot of miscarriages, just like I had the blinders on. Like my, my thing right now is to get this family <laughs> situated, have a healthy pregnancy, have a healthy baby. So I couldn't, I couldn't process what had just happened. It was really hard, but I couldn't process it. So once my son was born, um, now I have like a six month old son and I've got a four year old daughter and I really missed connecting with my audience. I missed live TV so much. And I was getting messages from, from people who used to watch me every day who were like, what happened? Wh where'd you go? And between postpartum anxiety and, you know, having two kids and losing a job, I, I didn't even know what to do. And so I did what I do. I was just in my kitchen cooking, which I do every single night. And I thought, I'm going to just do this Facebook live thing and see what happens. So I had Benny on my hip, basically. I had Gracie sitting up on the countertop as she always was. And I just flipped the 
phone around on me and I was like, hey, we're making spaghetti carbonara. And my daughter's like, spaghetti carbonara. She kept interfering and everything. I'm like, shh, we're live. And to my surprise, people loved it. And so I started doing it every week and it really fulfilled the need for me to kind of like do that live TV and get that adrenaline and connect with the fans again and like let them know where I was. And they absolutely loved being in the kitchen with me. And really, I was shocked because each week I would put out a little poll and I'd say, what should we make? Do you want me to make um, quick and easy chili or do you want me to make, you know, and I would name something that was a little bit more advanced because I thought everyone can make chili that, I mean, my chili is five ingredients. And each week, to my dismay, they would choose the quick and easy, simple meal. And then, you know, I continued to do this this for years through the pandemic and everything, through the move from LA to my in-laws house before we were, before we moved into this house, like we were living with my in-laws. I was still committed to doing the live cooking shows every single week. So it changed so many times. Um, But the one thing that was consistent was I would get messages all the time, like your chili is in my rotation each week because it's so easy. Your spaghetti carbonara is in my rotation. I make it like twice a month. And so I saw this pattern and I always wanted to write a cookbook. I always wanted to write a book, but I didn't know my angle. It was right in front of my face the whole time, the whole time. But it wasn't until literally my viewers had to say to me, listen, are you going to put all these into a cookbook? You've been doing this for three years. Where can we find them? They had to slap me across the face with it. And finally, I thought, oh, there's my angle. Quick and easy weeknight dinners. That's what you guys want. Um so I finally, it just, it took, it was, it was just talking to everybody and realizing that there was a need for this within my own friend groups. Um, I'm shocked that women my age who have a bunch of kids, they don't feel confident that they can put a meal on the table. Like they don't feel they know how to do it. And I just want to say you can, it's not that complicated. We need to debunk how how unapproachable food has become in some ways. So I just, I want to make it easy. I want to make it fun. I want to make this dinner time not so stressful for everybody and kind of like get that off the table because we have enough stress out there. Yeah. I mean, I did go through and the recipes are easy and it's such, so such vibrant pictures that when I do get like my hard copy, I just plan to keep it on my kitchen counter and kind of just like let my kids like pick. Yes. it is kind of just like, it feels like that to me. Not like, like you said, this very like, like fancy schmancy cookbook. This is like a book you don't put away. Like it's there. And it's like, here's what, here's the plan for the week. Like you, you guys have yeah. a day and then maybe we could do it together. You know, like how you do it with Grace. Yeah. And so I, I, I wrote this to be a kitchen table book. Yeah. You know, like this is meant to be in the trenches with you. It's a beautiful book. And I believe me, I spent a fortune on like making sure the photos were fabulous. I was at every single photo shoot, like fussing with everything. Um, It's a beautiful book, but I mean for it to be in the trenches with you. I want to see it earmarked. I want to see grease stains on it. Like this book will be with you on the daily. And one of the things I recommend 
because I know it can be really hard. You've worked all day. Your hair's on fire. You've got smoke coming out of your ears. It's Tuesday night. It's 530. You're driving home from work and you're like, oh shit, what's for dinner? So what I recommend actually is when you get the book and you have a little time, like on a Sunday night or the day before you do your grocery shopping, like sit down and let the kids get involved because then they'll feel more involved with dinner and they might want to actually eat it. Let everybody kind of go through it, figure out what you're going to eat for the week, make yourself a little list, figure out like your meal plans for the week, see if where you can double dip, see where you can use leftovers. I even have, I've suggested ways that you can like reinvent some of the meals, um, some of the sauces that you can make like on a Sunday. And then you've got what I call money in the bank for the rest of the week. Uh, I do recommend like getting a little bit ahead of it. So it's not a total stress, but if you do find yourself in a situation where you're, Oh shit, what's for dinner. You just pick this up too, because the meals are like 20 minutes. Some are 15, 30. There's one that's 10. I mean, this is for in a pinch. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I have to just, and I speak from my own experience because I didn't grow up with a mother who cooked and, you know, my husband did. So it was always kind of like a point of contention for us. But once I did sort of, you know, taking that time in the kitchen, you know, it's, you know, it's love and hate obviously, but I was, it was, was really fulfilling and empowering to see my family eat something that I made. So I'm really get my hands on this book and something that you do mention also, or what, and I'm, I don't know if you even mention it outright, but like, food is such an experience, right? You talk about your grandparents mm. you recommend a certain kind of tomatoes that you want us to get. Like it's a whole thing from our sensory to our memory. Um, talk to me a little bit about that because I think that we kind of know it, but we don't like know it. Know yeah. It. Oh, it gives me chills when you say that because I am a very, uh, like smell and taste really takes me back. Like I can walk past someone wearing a certain type of perfume and it brings me back to a certain place or I can smell spring coming and it takes me back to being a kid and playing outside. Like that's how I, that's how I find memories in my file cabinet Um, and taste and smell go hand in hand. And I grew up in my, I was so blessed. I grew up with both sets of grandparents, two blocks away from me. I was like sandwiched in between my maternal and paternal grandparents. So jackpot right there. Um, I spent a lot of time with my maternal grandmother and she was the cook. Uh, I, I pull from a lot of different people in my family, but I learned a lot from her because we spent, my parents worked in retail. So they worked six days a week. They worked really long hours. Uh, they owned a bridal shop. So they were very busy doing that. And so I got to hang with my grandma and she made three square meals a day and a pie every day, Bethany. And people think that's not true. I'm like, this woman made a pie every day of her life. I don't know where they went. My grandfather was skinny as could be. I don't know where, where these pies were going. Um, she'd bring them to neighbors and things, but she loved being in the kitchen. And I called it Italian preschool because I would sit there with her and we would cook and we would talk and she would play the music on the radio. And we, it was just a wonderful experience. So, so many of these recipes take me back to that little kitchen with my grandma. Um, and I explain a lot of this in the book, how each of these things, uh, take me back. And so just writing this really put me back in touch with my, my, all my grandparents have passed away. Now they were, they were old, even when we were 
they were always old grandparents. Like people had like young grandparents. Mine were always like pushing a hundred. Um, so it, it's really taken me back. And, and when I cook and I smell garlic, it takes me right to my paternal grandparents' house. Like I can smell them cooking sauce on Sundays. And so I think that's why I personally love being in the kitchen so much. I have actually found days when I'm really stressed that I can go in there and decompress, put music on, just start. I love to create. I love to make something out of nothing. And and so for me, it's it's a stress reliever. And so I feel so bad when there's people out there that are like, oh, dinner is my point of contention. Dinner is the time when I'm like insane. It's my trigger. And so that's what I'm trying to to help people with. I hope that they can find some peace in the kitchen like I have. I love that. I love that. And certainly I think with this book, you know, we will, because like, I, like I said, just like it doesn't, it feels so approachable, but I have to ask um, also, I mean, I'm, you might not be able to pick, but I think we all want to know, like, what's your favorite, what's your favorite thing to cook? Oh my goodness. Um, oh gosh, there's like so many categories. There's the things I cook all the time. Then there's my favorite things. Um, tonight I'm making the egg roll bowl, which was a big hit when I did it live for my audience way back when. And it's basically all the things you love from an egg roll, but dumped into a bowl and it takes no time and the kids are going to help me. And, and that's easy. Um, I'd say the crown jewel really of the book is the Sansone Sunday sauce, which is kind of, it almost didn't make the book because the whole premise is quick and easy weeknight dinners, right? No fuss recipes you're going to swear by that you can cook in 20 to 30 minutes. The Sansone Sunday sauce, which I make every Sunday practically takes three hours. So that doesn't really go with this. However, I just felt like, and anyone who follows me on Instagram sees my Sunday it's ceremony. It's like going to church. It's, you know, you make the sauce, you stir the sauce, you smell the sauce, you know, it's like, it just felt like I had, I had to include it. And so I think that that's really the crown jewel for me because it's the backbone for a lot of other recipes. So if you do make that on Sunday, then you can make your lazy lasagna on Monday. You could do some meatballs maybe on Thursday. You know, I make enough so that I have a pint that I can put either in the freezer or the refrigerator. And like I said, we call that money in the bank. When I have sauce, homemade sauce in the refrigerator, that's money in the bank. Um, but if the stance on Sunday sauce doesn't work, I have a Monday, Maria's Monday marinara, which only takes like 45 minutes, 40 minutes. So <laughs> how fun was it to like name these things? I think you already had the Sunday sauce named, I'm sure. Yeah. So stance on Sunday sauce, uh, the, the easiest thing, everything about this book had its own challenges because I had never done anything like this before so each each chapter so to speak had its own set of interesting challenges I loved the entire process the only thing though that I would say is easy because nothing about writing a cookbook is easy the only thing that came super easy to me was coming up with the table of contents which was one of the first things I did what is going to be in this book? I sat in the backyard on a sunny day and I wrote it down in like 10 minutes because I just pulled, I, I drew upon everything that I had done the last three years or so with my Instagram audience and my, my social media audience. 
I knew the ones that they liked. I knew the ones that resonated with them. So I just feel like I know, I know my people so well that it just, it just came together. Cause I was like, Oh, I want to want like 10 chicken and a handful of fish. And then we're going to have to have like beef and then, um, some veggie options. So that's the, um, what do I call that one? Uh, meatless, meatless Monday chapter. <laughs> um, and then just naming the chapters was so fun. Once we came up with the title of the book, <laughs> then, then I had really a, a really good time, like naming all the chapters and the food. It all just came together. The name came together at the very end too. That was a girl's ski trip where the name filed itself. <laughs> I love that. And then are we froze? I'm sorry, am I frozen a little bit? Oh yeah, you're there. You okay. were frozen, but you're good now. Um, well, this was so fantastic. Um, guys, get your hands on oh shit, what's for dinner? It's right there in the back. We see it. Um, Maria, tell us where we can get it. And then also where where can we see you on our television? Yeah. So the great thing about the book is it's available in all the places that you'll find them. So pick your poison. It's available on Amazon. It's available on target.com, walmart.com, barnesandnoble.com. If you want to support, support your local bookstores, which I highly recommend, you can go to bookshop.org. And if you place your order there, you're going to support your local bookstores, which is always awesome. Um, and as always, you can find me, I'm at Maria Sansone on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. And if you're in the New England area, I'm on The Hub Today, which is our local lifestyle show, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And Mom to Mom is on, on Mondays here in New England, but that is also available on all the places you find your podcasts. We do that weekly. So with great people like Bethany. Love it. Oh, Maria, thank you so much. This was um, a real full, full circle moment for me. So thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Me too. It's just been, it's been so much fun to chat with you and to share my book with everybody. I'm just kind of getting started. So this has been great, great place to start. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. 